Well, good morning, everyone. Yeah, today is a very special day, as uh, mentioned by David at the top of the service. Um, you probably already know, uh, because many of you have been invited for the first time uh, to come and attend our Sunday service. Uh, we are going to be having baptisms and confirmations today, so a very exciting day for us. Um, if you are new, we are really glad that you could be with us uh, this morning, that you could join with us. Uh, my name is Young, lead pastor here at New Life, and it is my pleasure to welcome you this morning. Um, not every Sunday is like this, and so um, if you do end up coming back, I guess don't expect every Sunday to look like this. Um, the sermon time will be uh, much shortened as well, and so uh, definitely people around you who are regulars will probably tell you that it is definitely not like that. <laughs> and we'll have uh, baptisms and confirmations uh, and communion as well. So it's going to be quite a packed service, um, but do bear with us and we'll get through it together. Um, we are glad that you could be here with us for a very special time, but uh, we won't delay any further. Um, how about I pray, and then we'll get into the Word. Father, we gather here this morning uh, for such an amazing celebratory occasion, uh, the fact that we can come together and celebrate your goodness and your grace once again. We do this every Sunday, and yet today feels a little bit more special as we welcome in our brothers and sisters, uh, their children, and we look forward, Lord, to the work that you're gonna do in their lives, uh, the commitment that you have towards them, and also, Lord, uh, the way that they are now being raised as disciples, as family members of the living God. We pray that you would guide us in our service this morning, God, and that you would remind us, Lord, of your fatherly love for us. We look to that fatherly love, Lord, we look to the one who doesn't neglect us, doesn't leave us nor forsake us, but loves us with an everlasting love. You're our eternal Father. You're the one that we can depend upon, that we can trust in, in bad times or good. We look to you now, Lord, and we ask, Lord, that you would illuminate not only this word to us, God, but also the rest of this service, the baptisms and confirmations, the communion, all the singing and the prayers that we might understand, Lord, uh, your love and the depths of your love indeed uh, for us. Would you be gracious to us, speak to us in a way that we can understand and help us, Lord, to seek you and love you in all that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So Christine read to us uh, the passage from Hebrews 10, and if you've been with New Life for a little while, um, although we might not have gone over this passage exactly, uh, the ideas might be a little bit familiar to you. You might know that the first part of this passage in Hebrews is talking about where we've been uh, indeed for the last year and a half and what we really found unity in through WinterCon, through our conference um, that we went away together in. We find unity in Jesus, in his death and resurrection, in the salvation from the punishment for our sins and the deliverance into the family of God for those who believe. And today we're gonna see those who believe uh, come forward, and those who believe and are entering into this baptism knowing that they're saved by our God, knowing that their family members are saved by our God, those who believe and baptize their children in faith, dedicating and committing uh, their families to the Lord, knowing that he's far more faithful than they can ever hope to be, that he will raise them up, and that is our hope and our prayer. Those who believe and are affirming their faith as well, uh, this gift that was given to them by God, this gift that their parents entered them into at their infancy. If you look with me at verses 24 to 25, these are the last two verses that uh, Christine read to us. 
And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And these last two verses are the ones that we want to really focus on this morning, where we're being told to consider one another, to put our minds on one another, to reflect on one another, each other. Not to think of our needs first, but to think of others' needs first. This is what these last two verses are all about, so that we might get a particular response from them. As we think upon them, as we consider their needs first, we want to provoke this kind of response of love and good works from them. Now, for us to be able to do this, clearly we need to be able to actually have these gatherings together. We must truly believe that we have responsibility for each other because we're part of the same family and because we love each other. And this is impossible if we aren't meeting together. You know, if you love anyone, you know that you continue to meet together. It doesn't make sense for you to not meet together if you love them. Our gathering should be regular. We should be able to gather regularly and should be full of encouraging one another and stirring each other up to live as followers of Christ. There's gravity in the words being used here. And I don't know if the English really gets it across, okay? But if you look at verse 25, when it says, neglecting to gather together, what do you know about that word neglect? When I think about neglect now, I kind of reframe it in the context of my son. This is like terrible to think about, but if I were to neglect him, what would happen? It'd be awful. It wouldn't be worth talking about. And this might seem extreme, but this is the meaning of the original word that's being used here in Greek. It means to forsake. It means to wrongfully abandon as you would abandon a child. Now, at the time of writing, some of those in the community of the Hebrews, they were giving up gathering together for whatever reason. We might not know the exact reason why, but we see a little bit of this in the church today as well, where we neglect to gather together. And we won't get into that today, but the verses that follow immediately, if you are interested, it talks about the dangers of neglecting to gather together. But when we do meet, we can truly encourage each other to challenge one another to greater love for the Lord and love for one another as well. And you've experienced some of this already this year. A new life, especially today, we can see what kind of responsibility we have for one another. We as a church have responsibility over our brothers and sisters who you'll see in a moment. And we have to consider those being baptized and confirmed today, the parents of those children being baptized. We must not neglect to meet with them regularly. We must not neglect to gather with them, to encourage them, to pray for them, to support them, to challenge them, and to walk through life with them, to continue to see them in our gatherings week by week. It'd be a shame for us to baptize, for us to confirm, and then to never see them again. And to those being baptized and confirmed or having their children baptized, May it be that you seek out this type of community here as well for you and your children, that you may never neglect to gather together 
that you might continue to go from glory to glory in God. Let's talk about what baptism is then. Baptism is the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he had risen from the dead, he commanded his followers to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We've come together today to obey that command. Now we baptize with water because it signifies something. It symbolizes the cleansing from sin that Jesus' death makes possible. And the new life that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. In baptism, the promises of God are visibly signed and sealed for us. They become clearer. We're joined to Christ and we're made members of his body, the church. Now what about infants? Children are baptized in response to God's all-embracing love. Parents who have responded to that love come now to bring their children in baptism. Before our community, they must express their own trust and commitment to the promises of God. This is very important. It's about the parents, their intention to bring up their children in the faith and the practice of the church. And so we embrace the parents. In due time, these children should make their own response to God and be prepared for confirmation. We must be clear, this isn't talking about a salvation issue. A little bit about confirmation now. In confirmation, those who have been previously baptized come to confirm or to affirm their baptismal promises and join with the other candidates to receive the laying on of hands with prayer. We pray that those who are baptized and confirmed will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to the ministry and service to which God calls them. 